Right, I'm in a bad mood. Let's just fucking get into it. You're listening to This Too Shall Pass podcast, a show about mental health. This is Stephen Donandalzel, your host. Hello. So, yes, um, still got COVID. I'm in a bad mood today. Um, and I'll tell you why. So, Twitter has now rolled out under the Home Bargains version of Tony Stark. Elon Musk has now rolled out Twitter Blue, which is the new subscription um, package or, or platform or experience, whatever the hell you want to call it, for people on Twitter. For $8 a month, you can buy a blue tick. You can buy a verification badge. Now, it's already going really well. Um, <laughs> there have already been accounts set up pretending to be Tony Blair, George W. Bush, um, Rudy Giuliani, others who have, obviously they're fake accounts, who have paid $8 to have a blue tick beside their name, which to the untrained eye, to anybody who's just perusing Twitter or is able to take a screenshot of these tweets, it looks like a verified account, it looks like the real thing. Verification means nothing anymore on Twitter. I have a blue tick. I've had a blue tick for a wee while now. Um, I got it because of my, you know, published writing um, and, you know, my articles um, and freelance writing gigs <clears throat> and my work, I think, maybe in the Marriage Equality campaign. I don't know, but one day it just appeared. Um, and if you click on the blue tick, it'll tell you whether somebody has got that because of their work in a certain field or whether they've got it because they've but sorry i got a phone call in the middle of that um but yes you have to click on the verification to tell you whether they've bought it or whether they've got it because they're an expert in their field but nobody's gonna do that people are gonna journalists actually not even journalists people who are posing as journalists with fake accounts who've bought their followers and bought a blue tick can now spread misinformation and just absolute outright lies about things like elections the economy um spread rumors about politicians uh spread rumors about war like there's nothing stopping somebody pretending to be um a military general in on the front line in Kherson in ukraine and just tweeting absolute bullshit like the implications of this are extremely wide-reaching and you also have people who are out and out transphobes homophobes racists turfs whatever you want to call them just nasty people <clears throat> who have been the first on the bandwagon to buy a blue tick which now lends some semblance to the untrained eye of credibility to their positions on things like women's rights, trans rights, racial issues, same-sex marriage, etc, etc, etc. Verification means nothing anymore. And it's going to have a detrimental impact on people's mental health as well because they're going to see more and more people who are now being... who are now purchasing their credibility and credentials tweeting things 
and being picked up by mainstream news outlets as experts in their field because they have a blue tick talking about them as if they are not equal to them in terms of human rights. It was already bad enough when it comes to trans rights and racism in the media with people like Katie Hopkins and Nigel Farage and Jacob Rees-Mogg and Pretty Patel, etc. You know, people who are already very much established, but now you have people like James S's and Maya Forstater and that lot who will now be buying blue ticks and be able to spread misinformation as if it's fact and be unchallenged on that because they have a blue tick. It's Twitter has now become unusable. Verification on Twitter means nothing anymore because you can just buy your verification. I'm not annoyed because I have a blue tick and all of a sudden everybody else now has a blue tick. That's not my issue. I couldn't really give a shit about the blue tick, whether I have it or not. But my issue is that it now means nothing. Whereas before you could weed out and debunk misinformation and fake news because those accounts were not verified. They were very obviously fake. They were tweeting stuff that was not true. And now anybody, anybody who has $8 can buy a blue tick. Any any racist, any troll, any Russian um, bot can just buy a blue tick and tweet misinformation. News and facts mean nothing anymore. Truth means nothing anymore. We're now in a post-truth society where anything can be accepted as fact. We've seen that during the COVID-19 pandemic and people spreading misinformation about the reliability of vaccines and alternative treatments like Invermectin and uh, Paxlovid and things like that that were supposedly either the vaccines were fake, the vaccines were tracking us, Paxlovid was poison, Ivermectin was a cure, etc. Now the people who spread those kind of inf- misinformations and lies can just buy a blue tick. And people who are gullible enough, not even people who are gullible enough, but people who don't have the same savvy around fake news will read that stuff when it's reposted on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and be able to say, oh, that person has doctor whatever in the front of their name and a blue tick. They must know what they're talking about. I, oh, it's just, it's really wound me up this morning because people are going to suffer and facts mean nothing anymore on Twitter. Oh, rant over, I think, um, on that point anyway. No doubt we're going to see the outcome of this spiral out of control in the next few days and weeks whenever Elon Musk realises that his money-making venture on Twitter is completely unworkable. Completely unworkable. It'd be like handing out pilot's licences to people who can afford $8 a month. You want to fly a plane? You're not a pilot? No, but I can buy a pilot's licence for $8. So let me behind the wheel of this plane. (laughs) Wheel of a plane. Like, I know how planes work. But you know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? It's, It's that kind of putting the gesture and the appearance of credibility behind some people who are 
nefarious and who whose only mission is to spread misinformation. It just pisses me off. Because social media has such a wide-ranging impact on our mental health. As somebody who has a problematic relationship with social media, like I spend a hell of a lot of time on Twitter. I've started spending a hell of a lot of time on Mastodon, on Instagram, on Tribal, Reddit, etc. <clears throat> I'm a social media addict because I, I, I spend a lot of my time on there. I also make I also made a lot of friends on social media. Real life friends. Real life opportunities as well. For paid writing gigs, for drag gigs, etc. And it ha it plays an important part in my life. So to see social media platforms that I invest my time in and my work in now become a circus no better than the Daily Mail comments section is really disheartening. And it's especially disheartening for minority groups. I did read um, an article by Professor Sonny Singh um, yesterday about how, you know, Twitter, a lot of people are leaving Twitter in droves because of the its takeover by Elon Musk. And they're searching out for other safe spaces. Um, because Twitter has now become an unsafe space for them. Let me tell you something, guys. Twitter has never been a safe space. Social media has never, ever, ever been a safe space. Not if you are a person of colour. Not if you are a trans person. Not if you have a disability. Not if you're a woman. Social media has never been a safe space. Social media has only ever been a safe space for straight white men. Who hide behind faceless accounts. It has never been an area where people are able to express their opinions freely and um, cordially without any kind of backlash or insult. Look at Bebo and MySpace back in the day. The amount of cyberbullying that went on on those social media platforms whenever social media was in its infancy led to deaths, led to suicides. <coughs> People talking about social media now as if it's unsafe. Check your privilege, guys. It's unsafe for you now because it's no longer comfortable, which means that the racism and the transphobia and the sexism and the homophobia that pervaded every aspect of social media in the last number of years was comfortable to you. You found comfort in that because it didn't affect you. That is not how a safe space works. A safe space works when everybody is able to express their opinions and ideology without the intention of harming anybody else in a space that they can express that with respect and dignity and maturity and have reasoned debate about those finer points. Now, I'm not talking about people who hold neo-Nazi opinions or people who wish that trans people would detransition or think that black people shouldn't be able to vote, those are not welcome in safe spaces because by their very inclusion, they make, safe, make spaces unsafe. Those opinions have always been popular on social media. Where, how do you think neo-Nazis organise themselves? How do you think TERFs and racists and people like the Proud Boys and the Three Percenters organise themselves? It's on social media. 
they haven't suddenly found this new platform that Elon Musk has taken over and thought, oh, do you know what, guys? We can now use this space to organize ourselves. They've always been doing it. The difference is now is that it's starting to affect people who are privileged and have never had to worry about their rights being taken away. And I've never had to worry about places like Twitter being an unsafe space for them because the racism and the bile and the hatred and the bigotry didn't affect them because they were insulated enough insulated enough from it that it didn't affect them. Now, if you are somebody like myself who enjoys using social media but has found it to become a lot more toxic, well, it has become a lot more toxic and unfortunately there's not much that we can do about that. But I'm not leaving Twitter. Like, the people who are trying to make the world a worse place are not taking a day off. So we can't either. You don't suddenly up and run away as soon as it becomes too overwhelming. That is not called fighting back. That is called surrendering. I am not in a position where I can just say, would well, you know what it is, guys? It's been a good run. It's been 12 years on Twitter. I've got 13 odd thousand followers. I can just leave that behind because people are counting on other people to stand up and fight back. And I have a small account. I am under no illusions that I'm not a big deal on Twitter. I'm not even a big deal in my city. But the more of us who leave, who are pushing back, then we've let the platform descend into an unsafe, an even more unsafe space. <sighs> Minority groups use Twitter to organise as well. People who have disabilities, people who are of ethnic minorities, people of colour, people who have autism. Um, I may be using some clunky language here, but you know what I'm trying to say. They use Twitter to organise as well and to keep each other safe and to check in on each other. If if they just up and leave the platform, then how do they build those communities from scratch again? It's not easy. It takes a lot of time, a lot of energy and a lot of resources to build those communities up from scratch again. So we can't expect them to just up and leave. They have no other choice. Twitter is their only means of survival. Social media is their only means of survival. If you don't have social media, if you don't have a brand, if you don't have a community and you're trying to push a message... And trying to not even push a message. Fight for your fucking right to exist. If you don't have social media behind you, then you have nothing. The days of doing your campaigning through telephone calls and TV adverts and mail campaigns, long gone. Long gone. If you don't have Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, then you're not going to reach anybody. All you have to do is look at TikTok and how much TikTok has now invaded every aspect of society. How people are influenced to buy certain teeth whitening kits, how people are influenced to buy certain toys for their kids. How conversations between Native American content creators and black content creators are being met with hostility and backlash by people who um, want to see them dead. Social media has never been a safe space. That's a fallacy to think that. So get that out of your head, guys. You're never going to find a platform which is a safe space. 
You go to Mastodon, you go to Counter Social, you go to Tribal. Do you know what? The racists and the dickheads are going to follow you there too. Yes, it might be in a honeymoon period right now, and it's in, in there. Those those platforms may be in their infancy, in terms of their popularity, but that will change. That will change. And the next thing will be: oh, can we find a non-toxic alternative to Mastodon? Is it just a circle, guys? The plat the the problem is not social media. The problem is people. Okay, so you just got to suck it up and fight back. There's nothing else for it. Especially with the new verification rules on Twitter. Or lack thereof. Because anybody with $8 in their account can just buy a verification now. I can go on there and I can set up an account and I can pretend to be Michelle Obama. For $8. With a verification badge. Blue tick. And I can say, do you know what guys? Maybe you should vote Republican next time. That gets picked up by enough news outlets. That gets picked up by enough fake journalists. And gets retweeted by enough fake accounts with blue ticks. The truth doesn't mean anything anymore. Which is why we have to stay and, and push back. I did say I was going to talk a bit about drag on this episode. But I, I actually want to get some guests on to talk about that. And, and the, the intersection between drag and mental health. So I'm going to leave it there for today. I know it's been a bit of a ranty, sweary one, but I needed to get that off my chest. Oh, and now I'm out of breath. <laughs> so I hope you're all staying safe, keeping healthy, um, and I'll speak to you soon. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.